G'day guys, g'day ladies, welcome to another Guitar Wank Podcast, this is number 46 and uh, here we are, coming down to the last few for the end of the year. Man, it's coming around quick, we just had uh, Thanksgiving holiday weekend in uh, America and um, yeah, feeling very overindulged (laughs) in everything. Uh, so back into the working week. I hope everyone is doing fantastic out there. And if you were lucky enough to have holidays, I hope they were safe and amazing. And uh, you didn't fight with the family too much, which uh, usually happens around Thanksgiving. I've led to believe. But anyway, uh, we would like to say a big thanks to all our sponsors and our uh, and our people that. Uh, Help us keep this podcast together. Diaderio, Guitar Strings, Fishman, Triple Play, Jimmy Dunlop, My Music Masterclass, Sennheiser Microphones, Sir Guitars and Amps, Wire World Pro Audio Cables, and Exotic Pedals. Thank you guys for all your support. We really appreciate it. Uh, this week, we're going to continue on with uh, where we left off basically from last week. And we're going to finish that. And I'm also going to put... Um, a bit of John Pisano at the end of it, so uh, we'll finish off with John too. We've got um, hopefully some new guests coming up in the next few weeks. Before the end of the year, I hope to get, obviously, Steve Lukather, which I, we keep talking about. So I know Steve's back in town. we just got to track him down and try and find a night that works for everyone. And also, I ran into the amazing, incredible Kenny Arnoff, uh, drummer extraordinaire to everyone. The guy plays the, the guy's list of uh, people he has played with is amazing. That's my doorbell, and uh, yeah, so caught up with Kenny on the weekend, and he's really excited to come on the show. He has a new book out uh, that he's going to talk about, and lots of amazing stories. I mean, uh, yeah, he's uh, a wealth of fun information. So that'll be a good fun. Um, what else is going on? I think that's about it. I can't think of anything because my head is so cloudy and I am recovering after the weekend. Uh, big shout out to all our listeners in Russia. We, uh, we've got a bunch of listeners in Russia. Uh, I wanted to say Dunker then, then that would be completely wrong. I can't think of anything. Privet? Uh Yeah. Okay, I'm blank. I'm just completely blank. It's been a rough few couple of days and I'm recovering. So, uh, uh, yeah, other than that, we uh, big shout out to all our listeners back in Australia and um, big shout out to all our listeners everywhere. God, I'm really just, I'm really flat this week, aren't I, guys? But um, lots of good stuff coming. Oh, that's what I did have to talk about. Bruce told me to tell everyone that his new CD that uh, come out, called High Plains Rifters, guitars only, High Plains Rifters. It's a really good album. I'm, I'm digging it a lot with Bruce Foreman, Rich O'Brien, and Whit Smith. Those guys all just tearing it up together. You can get it on CD Baby at the moment. I believe it's not up on iTunes just yet, but it will be in the next coming weeks. But uh, you can also contact Bruce, you know, Find him on bruceforman.com, I believe, or .net and cowbop and all that. Or just email us at guitarwank uh, at gmail.com and uh, we can send you the right place to get that. But look out for that. It's a really amazing CD. Also, Scott's uh, told me to pass on. He's not doing any Skype sessions until next year, Skype uh, lessons. So, uh, if you're looking for a lesson with Scott, you've got to wait till next year. 
So um, that'll give you more time to practice and get organized. Um, what else is going on? God, I'm sure there's more stuff that I need to talk about. I can't think of anything. So without further delay, oh man, I need to go back to bed. Ah, uh, without further delay, we are going to take it to the show. Guys, what have we got in store for the listeners this week? I can't even remember what we were talking about. I think we we're asking or answering a lot of your questions and emails in this session. And then uh, we'll finish up with, as I said, John Pisano at the end. Uh, keep the emails coming. We really appreciate it and all the support you guys are giving us. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, finishing up the year and getting um, everything ready for a bigger and better next year because 2016 seriously sucked dog balls. Quite honestly, can agree with that. I think we all can. We've lost way too many amazing people and there's too many douchey people still in the world. Uh, With that being said, let's get on with the show. Mr. Scotty Henderson, Mr. Bruce Foreman, what do we have in store for the listeners this week? Bulgarian, and I was wondering, what do you think about Bulgarian folk music? Holy shit. If I could play it, I would know what to think about it. Um, it's beautiful to listen to, and the, the time meters just make it completely baffling to me. Yeah, I mean, I ditto that. I mean, it's really, you really have to get into that kind of music. Or to, grow up to, hearing to, it. Yeah, or study it yeah. to, to understand the time. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Though. And, he was you know, saying they... They dance to like um, he said, what did he say here? It was really cool actually. He said people here dancing in seven, eight, eleven, sixteen, and thirteen, sixteen. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Well, well, you know, it's like the guy who goes to a gig, right? You know, and he's playing, and he's a drummer. He went to Berkeley, and he studied. You know, he learned the Bulgarian kid. He just learned all this amazing shit. Studied with Brian Blade and everything. Mm-hmm. Just playing all this crazy. And he goes back, and he's with his buddies, and he's playing a gig. You know, and. Uh, 
and he's like laying his shit on him, you know what I mean? And the guys are playing the gig, and they, the leader takes him aside and says, look, kid, I know you're studying all that jazz and stuff, but if you want to work, you're going to have to have, we need a backbeat on five and nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. You know, uh, when when I was playing some gigs in HBC in South America, we went to Bolivia. Oh yeah. And one of the funniest things, it was just it was it, it was a little bit inconsiderate, just because we got there so late and we hadn't had any sleep, and they woke us up like at nine in the morning for a press conference. And it's like, come on, like. We got to play tonight. We really do need to get some sleep. But they woke us up at 9 o'clock because that was part of the festival. You got to go to this press conference and you got to talk to people. And that was part of the gig. So we went. We're all so sleepy. And there was a Bolivian folk band playing. (laughs) And they were so on fire. It was like Mavishnu Orchestra. I mean, they were just burning at blazing tempos. In every odd time signature you could possibly imagine, I was asking Dennis, Dennis, do you know what time signature this is? Because he's an expert on that odd meter shit. And he was like trying to count it. And he was like, man, I don't really know. And I'm going, if you can't tell. <laughs> I'm like going, I have no idea where one, but I just know that those guys had chops up the ass. And they were playing at burning, blazing tempos, well, all that this cocoa. odd meter Chewing on cocoa leaves. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no more coffee for you guys. But it was unbelievable, especially at 9 o'clock in the morning, where you just think, how is this possible at 9 o'clock in the morning for people to do this? Jesus. <laughs> well, it's their music. It's their music. Yeah, it's and they're chewing cocoa leaves, just, too. Just unbelievable. Nothing else to do in Bolivia. Yeah. Incredible music. This one's from um, John, and uh, he loves the podcast. And that might change. Now. Yeah, by now he's right? learned Listen that. every week. Why aren't you listening every day, John? That's what the real question is. You could listen every day. Anyway, uh, he's from Australia, so he's a fellow mate. Uh, any advice for students out of uni, up-and-coming players getting their own original jazz music out there? This could be... Um, I can answer that one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid to hear what it is. <laughs> Would no, you suggest I... taking advantage of all the social media, internet, YouTube kind uh, of things? Duh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, what kind of jazz is it, though? Doesn't matter. It's oh, music. Yeah. It doesn't make it's any good difference. To hear. It doesn't make. No, it doesn't make any difference because these days, you know, the one thing that's really that I've really learned, it's really opened my eyes when I put my record out, Vibe Station the first record that I ever put out by myself without the help of a label. And I realized how easy it is to do. Mm-hmm. Anybody could do it. Right. You know, um, all you need is, is, well, first of all, you need the funds to record it. Well, first you've got to be good. No, not no, necessarily. necessarily. No, you just have to be persistent. I mean, uh, nobody, how many artists have you seen put out their first records that weren't that good and then 10 records later, they're brilliant? You know, I mean, we all okay, see people good. grow yeah. through their recording career. It's not like, in fact, the worst mistake is you can make is say, I'm not good enough to make a record. That's about the stupidest thing. I've got friends, I won't mention any names, but they're really excellent musicians and they never recorded because they didn't think they were good enough. And I hate to mention this, but even Ted Green, who was a brilliant, one of the most brilliant guitarists on earth, had a phobia about recording. He just didn't want to record. He was didn't have faith in his own 
talent. And he's one of the most talented guitar players that ever was. And he just did not have what it takes to go. It, he wasn't a career-oriented person. He he loved to play the guitar. He loved to experiment on the guitar. He right. loved to teach guitar, but he didn't really want a career. You know, so he never made records and toured and did any of that stuff. He was happy to stay at home and give lessons and play the shit out of the guitar. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if you do have the desire to have a career, the worst thing you can say is, I'm not good enough to have a career. Because <laughs> then for sure you never you will have, have a career. one. So you've got to put out a record no matter where you are in your talent level. I'm not saying that you should put out a record if you've only been playing guitar a couple days, but many guys do. <laughs> I mean, how many times have you heard a couple guys singing and, and, you know, they just got off their shift at Taco Bell and they get a couple acoustic guitars and they, ta and they play acoustic guitar and sing about how much they hate their parents and all of a sudden it's a hit. <laughs> I mean, come on. You know, you don't have to be talented in this business mm -hmm. at all yeah. to make money. There's many, many people out there who have, they can't know nothing about music and can't play for shit, and they make 10 times more money than I'll ever dream of in my lifetime. So anyway, getting back to the guy's question, <laughs> um, you simply make the record or make whatever you, you know, do a, try to record it as decently as you can because people like to hear quality sound. And I don't know, how much does it cost to make a record these days if you just, if you if well, you, I mean, if you've got friends and you've got decent recording equipment, yeah, very little. You know, you can, you can, you can make a, a record at home these days, especially if there's no drums. But if there's drums, you might have to go into a real studio just for a day to record the drums yeah. and the bass and whatever. But then once you've made your product, it's very easy to just put it out there on CD Baby or any one of those, you know, web-based things, get it on iTunes. Um, that's very easy to do, and most of all, hire a publicist. That's it. Yeah, but that's all 100% correct, of course. I even talked him into doing it his first one himself, and now he's a mogul. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and he hasn't given me shit. He hasn't even bought me breakfast since mm -hmm. then. But uh, <laughs> I did buy you. A oh yeah, pancake. you're right. You're right. I you bought did. him a pancake. <laughs> One pancake, right? For like I had to pay. I had to pay extra for the syrup, but for the five million that I made on this record, <laughs> yeah. I, I bought him a pancake. Yeah, but there's another thing. You need to play live. You need, true. You need to go out and tour. You need to get a fan base because because regardless of how much publicity you do, unless you like. Do some publicity stuff that's really good, like kill somebody or, <laughs> or like you know, self mutilate or something. Right. You really no one's going to pay attention to it. So you got to build a fan base, and most of your sales are, including Scott and me, it's this way, are at the gig, right? Yeah, not on, not on the web. So that's true. So, so you know, paying the PR guy that doesn't help that. Unless the PR guys also prepping this your guy's gigs. doing gigs and paying for trips. Well, you know, doing your gigs. And the other thing is, the people forget is like when you're out there playing your music, it's developing, it's getting better. You're getting better along with building a fan base. You're also building a sound, building a musical concept, mm -hmm. building experience. So, you know, and start looking at your records as more like like bookmarks at, of times in your career. Right. You've recorded now, but you're on this long trajectory of a, of a career and a, and a path in music. And so you record now, you try to sell it, 
but you're out there playing and it's always developing and getting better and you know you're putting more out you're you're doing what Scott all of what Scott said plus you're developing a grassroots fan base maybe you're taking some tours you might lose money on the first couple of tours but you're developing relationships with people out in the country that that eventually they, they like you, you like them, they're willing to, to bring you back a second time. The people that heard you that liked you, there's some word of mouth. The next time you come back, you do better and you build it up and, th- and that kind of stuff. And then occasionally, if you can think of angles, ways that make you different and to make it so that newspapers or bloggers want to write about you because what you do, there's something inherently different about you that, that, that's, that's newsworthy, that makes people want to write a story about it. That's another way to consider. That's like your music is what it is, but how you frame it to the world so that they say like, wow, this is really interesting because this guy like was raised by dingoes if he was from Australia or, you know, or, or, he's <laughs> a, or he had a, 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 an in incident yeah. with a didgeridoo at one point. He said like, sex with a koala bear. Right, right. You know, that kind of stuff. Guys a long that, way. That will help as well in the promotion of it. But the real big thing is, man, we're musicians. We need to play. And we need to play in front of people. And we need to build community. And, and you know, the recording thing is all a part of the business part. But without the other side, it's just not going to work out for you. Well, the only, the only thing I would say... <laughs> Good question. It's not Good not answer. necessarily disagreeing with that, but there have been quite a few musicians who managed to have a recording career with without ever really playing live, and that's possible too. You know, there, there it, it's. I'm just. I'm not, I don't think that's the best way, but in the case of Tribal Tech, we had to put out five records before we could even get a tour. You know, because but you the guys word, were playing live in L.A. For all the time. Well, no, we were playing live in L.A., but I'm talking about to get a tour like a. I know, uh, but to my get point is to come to your Europe, music you know, developed. It did because yeah. you were playing. Of course, live. yeah, right. And, but, but, and, <clears throat> and and you and you know, basically, let's say you never toured at all and no one ever knew about you, mm-hmm. it still would have been a worthwhile venture. Because yeah, sure. Play. Because and we're that, playing. That, that's right. what I'm trying to represent. Yeah, no, you're right. But I'm just thing. saying you have to be prepared for the fact to the for the fact that there will be agents that you have to deal with to get gigs, and some of those agents will ask you how many records have you sold, you know, because like. I'm going to advertise you and risk spending my money, and I don't know how many seats I'm going to fill with your presence. So right. I kind of have a, I need a little bit of a guarantee. If you tell me that you've sold 5,000 records, that means that maybe I'm going to, you know, feel lucky that I'm going to get 100 people into this club to hear you guys, right. and, I'll, and I'll make money, and you'll make money, and everybody will be happy. If you tell me you've only sold 10 records, <laughs> then I might go, well, I think I, think I could have a topless night. <laughs> Wait, call me when you sell 15. Yeah, I think I could have, like, a topless top 40 night here. Like a, so, so, so I guess the, the, the takeaway from that is always lie. Yeah, yeah you, right. You've got to lie. you got to lie and tell you them that you've sold 100,000 records. Well, yeah. he also asked, um, you, do you guys know or, any? Or have a topless act. Right. Travel as with well. Him. As well. That would be always good. Do you guys know many jazz Australian guitarists? Jazz yeah. Australian? Yeah. Well, Frank, Frank, Frank Cabali. James Mullen. What? 
Mullen, Muller. James Muller. Yeah, James Muller. Muller he's Frank, amazing. Yeah, he's I a good player. Yeah, he's, I don't know. He's amazing. Yeah, wow. He's so really he good. mentions him here too. Uh, Doug DeFries. Do you know Doug DeFries? I don't know Doug DeFries. Mm-hmm. Doug DeFries. Uh, was Ike Isaacs? Oh, Ike. I knew Ike real well. But yeah. Ike was British and then moved to Australia. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But he yeah. lived in Australia a long and, time. And, you know, you could call Tommy Emmanuel a jazz guitarist. because he does, He right. does do some jazz. I right. mean, he's an amazing guitarist. Yeah, man. He's man, so man, badass. Man. Yeah, there's lots of, I mean, I know lots of great Australian musicians. Mm-hmm. I play with James Morrison. I'm glad he doesn't play guitar. God. Oh, he's great, isn't he? At everything he plays. I'm glad he doesn't play guitar. That'll teach him. Which because reminds so, me of another joke. <laughs> <laughs> Give, it. Is, <laughs> Give it. Give <laughs> it. Two Australian cowboys. <laughs> no, it was just one of those things. We were talking about Australian guitar players. So, you know. <laughs> so. There was a young woman in Australia. I think she passed. I'm pretty sure she passed away, though. Really young. Her name was Madeline Young, I think. And she was really good. I mean, she was in her 20s when I heard her. Wow. Uh, when I was over there. And she was just hung with Ike. Yeah? This is when Ike was still alive. I, I mean, maybe someone will hear this and let me know if she's still alive or not. Ike? I haven't heard about her, and I think I heard she died. Okay. And uh, she was great, though, in her 20s. Wow. You, you, did you have a joke? Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. I'm it was sorry. Just, it's a little one. It's just... You know, jazz fan dies and goes to heaven and asks St. Peter, is there any jazz up here? And he goes, are you kidding? This is this is the place for jazz. I mean, you know, Coltrane's playing tonight. Right. John Coltrane? He's a, no, Bob Coltrane, but he's great. you got to hear this guy. He's amazing. So he says, well, who's playing drums? Well, you know, Tony. He goes, Tony Williams? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Tony Bumblefuck, whatever, right? He's playing. Oh, but you got to hear him, but he's amazing. And then he says, well, who's on guitar? And he goes, you know, McCubbin's playing. And he goes, Troy McCubbin? He goes, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that too. <laughs> this has been done to me a million times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm glad I got a mention. <laughs> uh, so this is from Jesse. He's from Ventura. Um, Jesse, Jesse, Jess, Jesse Christian, and um, possibly South Dakota's only fusion guitarist. <laughs> When I, <laughs> I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's a very popular guy. <laughs> he's getting Boy, laid. Out. He gets laid a lot. <laughs> he gets yeah, laid man, in South man, Dakota. He's, you know, <laughs> they're gonna I, put. They're gonna put his face on Mount Rushmore. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "When I listen to the show, I always think of dozens of excellent questions, but then when it comes time to write an email, I forget them." Which brings me to the, to think of of the time I've been on a gig and I forgot the next chord or chords or the song or whatever. Does Bruce or Scott have any funny stories about memory lapses during a gig? They're not funny, but I have a lot of stories. <laughs> have you... Well, oh, you guys sure, are playing sure. jazz. It doesn't mean matter if you remember, don't remember No, the it does. Uh, it does. It does. <laughs> I'll tell you something. There's been times where like, I just blanked on arrangements and I had a part to play and it, I screwed up. Sure, I mean... Give us, do you guys have a no, most I, embarrassing... No, I can tell you 
<laughs> something super embarrassing, but it's not like something that doesn't happen all the time. You know, it's not like an isolated incident. This happens all the fucking time. Right. Like something goes wrong at a gig. It could be the sound. It could be that everything's so loud that it's just depressing me. And I have this these moments where I lose any kind of control in my brain. My brain is so shell-shocked by either the volume or something that just went miserably wrong or embarrassment or tone horribleness that I'm just not thinking. I can't, my brain is not working. And I'm trying to play a, over a set of very complex chord changes and I'm just lost. Like, I cannot remember which section I'm in, you know, because it might be A, A, B, C, A, B, B, you know, it could be one of those mm -hmm. kind of things yep. where there's a there's a there's a tricky little pattern going on of the changes that you have to play over, and I can't remember if I'm at the second A or the first A, and then he goes to the B, and I'm I don't remember I've lost the form basically right. in the in the changes, <laughs> and, or I've just forgotten the changes completely that I that I wrote. This is we're talking about my own tune here, not not. Not sight reading on stages. I'm talking about a tune that I composed myself, but I can't remember the fucking changes. And this happens to me. What do you do when that happens to you? You play keep by playing. ear. You just keep, keep playing. playing. You play by ear, and you try to use your ear to guide you through what's going on. And most of the time, people don't even notice that anything well, happened. Because you, you, your ear does. Yeah, because your ear guides you through it. And right. you may not want to play the stuff that you... You may not play the stuff you wanted to play, but... A lot of times you get through it because your ear guides you through it, or not. You could make a horrible, nasty note. You, you could play a solo that you remember the internet solo that everybody that went viral, you know, where the guy plays just the most wickedly horrible solo ever. And those moments happen yeah. to the best of us, you know. And I, I, I remember a, a, a solo uh, on, a, on a, an album where Michael Brecker's playing rhythm changes and he goes to the B section. You know, it's a B flat rhythm change, and he goes to the D seven at the B at the second half of the of the you know where it should be the second half of the A section, right. and he obviously plays D seven, and he's headed to the bridge, but the bridge didn't head there with him, <laughs> and you know, but they kept it on the record, and it's funny, and it's it's you know, I'm sure he thought it was funny, yep. you know, and that those moments happen, and there's also those moments where you just play a note that's so sour against the bass note that you cringe because you just go what the fuck, fuck. i played of all the notes i could have picked to play at that particular <laughs> second i picked the worst one <laughs> yeah. and it just it makes you cringe it makes the audience cringe so it's like this is the kind of shit that just happens when you're a jazz musician you, you can't be ashamed of it, it happens to everybody right yeah to the so best you own it. so you, the rule of thumb you play it twice right yeah you, yeah, you play it again, no matter how horrible it sounds. Yeah. The second time, it might sound better, because by then the bass player's playing a different note. <laughs> and the audience is out. used to hearing it. Yeah. Mm. And then it becomes pop. Mm -hmm. I, I love all the interlude music that you guys play. You're the playing interlude music, huh? What? What are you playing interlude music for? You Were know, when, interesting enough? No, when... <laughs> You know that stuff you guys recorded. We need a new bunch of recordings. Okay, but yeah, I've got to say, I love the intro. That that's become our signature intro. It's such a great intro that you guys put together. I love it. 
and I think hold. Bruce put that together. I didn't really have much to do with it. Okay, well, you played on it. Yeah, I played on it, but yeah. Bruce told me what to do. It was really, really cool. And a whole lot of love jam is so badass. Yeah, it's cool. I, I love putting that in most of the podcasts. So you guys should do some more of that. Okay. Yeah, we got to do some new stuff. Okay. Yeah, we yeah will. we'll we do will. that. I'll bring we're the just, resonator. We're, yeah, that'd be really cool. <laughs> this guy's like, any chance of getting an album? <laughs> an album? <laughs> of what? Full of that kind of shit. Oh, right, uh, right, right. Bruce right, and right. Scott improvising. Album. Yeah, how much you got? <laughs> yeah. You want to produce it? I'm a, you can be the executive producer. Talk to my agent. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's a good idea. It's good, um, good stuff there, mate. Any tips or shortcuts on getting a great tone when I jam with a group? I don't know if that's, that's kind of a... Ugh, that's a pretty broad that's question. A, yeah. Um, well, well, yeah, really, yeah. He's it. This is you. Don, and he's playing through a 335 through a twin. That's what a, style of music is he playing? Well, he's in a small jazz Country group. or western. <laughs> <laughs> well, Larry Carlton kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, he could be playing, he could be playing smooth I keep, jazz. He, yeah. he's, hold it. He, Don has actually given his tone control. He said, I keep my tone controls down a bit to start around six or seven, and the volume around on the guitar around eight. Should I start hotter? that would be really hard you know yeah you you know it's hard to answer questions without hearing what's you know i i deal with this on my message board all the time i get gear questions and they ask me about gear and it's like how can i possibly give you an answer until i hear what you're right send you know send me a clip in general general, try everything and you'll find what works i mean it's, it's it's you know trial and error you got ears. Use you know, I'm, I'm actually surprised that that guitar players in general can't make a living, or, or not a living, but just, you know, make this part of their business. It's like, send me your sound clips, and I'll tell you how to get a, how to get a better tone. You would do that? Well, anybody would. Just, oh. you know, like if you know tone, what sounds good and what doesn't, you know, send me, like I had a friend one time that sent me his album, and he wanted he wanted feedback he paid me he wanted feedback and i knew as soon as i heard the record why his guitar tone didn't sound that good I, as soon as i heard it i knew because i knew the mic placement was fucked up mm-hmm. i mean i could just hear it yeah and i said well dude you 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 can tell that the, the the engineer put the mic way too far away from the cone of the speaker it sounds like it's like at the edge of the paper it's horribly thin and dark and just sounds like shit and i mean, i'm trying not to tell him in that way but i mean you know just you can hear it because you can hear something very obvious that's wrong and and and, you know if you ever wanted to have me or bruce analyze your tone all you've got to do is send us a sound clip and we could probably tell us what you're doing and tell us what kind of music you play and send us a clip of your playing and if you want some advice on your tone be glad to help for For a a price (laughs) yeah of course of course well, um, Dan Dan Greenwood says, Hi, wankers. I'm listening to the older podcast, and I've noticed that you are working to getting this movement into a recognized religion. Are we? That's me. It's a cult. Not a oh, religion. it's a cult. Oh, yeah. yeah. What are the Ten Commandments for Guitar Wank followers? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> and what should thou not do? Oh, I what love it. What are the it. Ten Commandments for Guitar Wank followers? Wow. Well, you know, we'd have to think about that. For my cult, that. I only have three things. What? Community, spontaneity, and fun. 
Mm. That sounds like a sex party to me. Yeah. Well, you know, cl clothing <laughs> is optional. Which reminds me of another joke. Yes. <laughs> another good joke. Do it. Uh, oh, no, it's inappropriate. Oh, no, come on. Right. No, 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 jokes are just, always appropriate. No, that's really inappropriate. Anyway, um, got, uh, you know, if I had a minute... I would think, you know what I did on Facebook that was actually kind of funny and I got a lot of likes. You know, they're, they're, they're building that arc. Where, what state are they doing that? Some fucking dumbass state where they're building Noah's oh, Ark. Oh, yeah, they're building. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, and they're charging admission, I think, to go on the Ark. And I thought it would be really great to have some cool names for the rides. You know, so I thought of 10 really good ride names for the Ark, but they were actually taken from Disneyland rides, but I put biblical names in them, and yeah. some of them were just funny as hell, and and I got so many likes that it just, I mean, it, people went nuts. It, it went kind of viral, and <laughs> some of the names I thought of were just, you know, I really was at my best. I had a good couple of good moments, and I was thinking of, um, oh, something, um, <laughs> Space Mountain of Olives. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> just stupid biblical names. It was like Flanders, uh, when Flanders on the yeah. Simpsons had his holy theme park. Yep, I remember right? that. And they had some good names on there too, but I, I came up with some even better ones. And I just can't remember them now, but uh, Did, yeah. You see the Simpsons great. show is like predicted the future like 11 times or something? Oh yeah, man. That's amazing the shit they do. Uh, this guy here, uh, he says, would it be possible to note on the podcast what the snippets of tunes that we hear yeah, I probably should do that. We, I play some of your stuff from your albums. Oh, oh cool. Okay. And then, um, well, yeah, you could tell them. I could tell them, but tell them to go out and buy it. Yeah, it's, I do tell them to go out and buy it, and it's that's more work for me, and sometimes it's just too hard. Um, <laughs> I love these podcasts. Uh, oh, other suggestion: Would you guys be interested if we critique recordings that listeners sent in? Yipes. Uh, I don't know. That could take the show in a really well. That direction. could take it in a really yeah, dark no, direction. No, I don't think Sorry, we're Dan. Go there. No, that's Sorry, not that's doing it, mate. Not going to do that. Sorry, man. <laughs> that's that's actually comes under the heading of teaching. You know, you you got to pay money for that. Well, no, it's yeah, it's just, and it would take a lot of time, and it would just, you yeah. know, I mean, maybe we'll do another podcast for that. But I mean, well, know. actually, you know, that's part of my Skype lessons. You know, like. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when someone... So there have been several of my Skype students who made recordings and wanted my feedback on their recording, not just on the tones, but on their playing yep. and on the compositions and on the production and on the mixing and the whole thing. And they want my opinion of the record in general. Do you make them cry? No, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean it's the same thing you do as a teacher. You find the mistakes, you point them out, and... You, you try to get the person to realize that it's a mistake and not make the same mistake again. That's what they're paying you for. Yeah. Right? I mean, you don't pay someone to criticize your shit and then be mad because they criticized it. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. That's what you people know. do, though. Well, yeah. they do, but I mean, fuck them if they do that. That's like, you know, and, and some of the students, there was a famous student that came to MI who, um, 
What? I gotta go. Go home? Oh. I gotta teach all day tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, we drive, should, we should yeah. drive it then. But there's a famous student that came to MI that, that, that was pissed off at one of the teachers, and he came to the head of the guitar department and actually said, I just don't get these teachers around here. They think they know everything. <laughs> Was he, he said he's a famous student? He's a famous student because he's the student that got kicked out of school when Raphael Mor- oh, uh, punched him? Didn't, threw his guitar into his face oh, okay. and made him bleed like a stuck pig because <clears throat> the, the Floyd Rose Bridge hit him in the head and there, was, uh, there was, had to be three pints of blood on the floor. And, and that was a famous incident. And he's the kid that got kicked out of school. for be- And he was a total ass. And every <laughs> teacher hated him. And, and um, that's why he never could possibly win in any kind of lawsuit because there were just hundreds of character witnesses that would be against him saying that he was a jerk and that he brought whatever came down on him, he deserved it. You know, so, um, and he actually did start that physical altercation anyway by kicking Raphael's music stand and knocking his drum machine off the music stand and breaking it. So that's why Raphael got pissed. Was Raphael so, teaching? Yeah. Right. But anyway, that's the kid who went to the and said, I don't know I don't understand these teachers. They think they know everything. <laughs> so basically, yeah, if you if you're paying to learn, then you don't criticize the people who are trying to teach you. Doesn't make any <laughs> I sense. Mean, yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I guess that was another show. We got another oh, half dozen shows. Okay. We, yeah. we 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 made it. So are we gonna like uh, when you get back for the next? We'll, we'll drop yeah. Some I'm, more. Well, I'm only I'm just back in a week, so I'm going right, for a week. Great. We'll and then we'll call Smitty. We'll call Lukey. Sure. We'll, go to, uh, we'll get Luke. Uh, Luke. Maybe we can do that. Smitty's out with Dean Brown right now. So okay. And Luke, there was in Korea when we were talking, and then he'll be back. So he'll Who's be he back. out with. He was out with Ringo. Oh, and the, cool. the All Stars. So he's got a lot of fun stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, man, so that'll, that'll be, be that'll be really cool. hilarious he's, he's to talk about yeah, because yeah. he's yeah, so funny. The famous man. story, right? What they asked uh, John Lennon if Ringo Starr was the best drummer in the world, and he said he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Did he really say that? Yeah, because I guess Paul is a real good drummer. <laughs> really? Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> That's what you want to hear. Artie, you got to say goodbye. Uh, that's oh. great. Oh, yeah. Is there any advice for people out there, Bruce, since we didn't go political, if you're feeling down and depressed about the state of the country or you're overly happy about the state of the country, do you have any advice for the listeners to, to get through this week until next podcast? I would suggest you shove your head up your ass <laughs> and then jump till you disappear. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna seriously, I'm gonna seriously answer that question. <laughs> I thought Bruce just did. <laughs> uh, you know what? All these posts on Facebook. You know that when you read Facebook and you just, you're just going through the like, like I'm not gonna name names because <laughs> no, there's names, too names. many of my good friends who are continually posting stuff like, I failed. I tried so hard to convince the American people and I failed miserably and other guys at going, I'm so deeply saddened. I don't know what to do. My grandchildren, blah, blah, blah. Then there's, you know, there's, there's other guys that are just reiterating and reiterating what a horrible, painful, there's even Barry Finnerty, who's a guitar player, you know, who's 
basically writing stuff like just in bold caps, fuck you, America. <laughs> you know, he's that upset yeah. about about what but always, happened. But, but Barry yeah. always is. Barry always is. Well, yeah, know, I know Barry really well. Yeah. We're the, on the other BF. Oh, okay. Guitar right. player in San Francisco. Right. <laughs> so, We're both the so, BFs from San you know, Francisco. So he, he's <laughs> just you, he's ranting, you know, and I love Barry. He's a great guy. But Barry's you know, a he's, brilliant player he's, and, he, yeah. and a total stone ranter. About yeah, everything. and he's really, really ranting. But now I just happen to be, you know, as a, as a sort of like a comedian type guy and a guy that likes to discuss stuff in more of a funny way, I'm sort of taking the sides of the people who are coming at it from a more let's just give it a shot and let's see what happens right you know what i mean like it's not all gloom and doom you know first of all there there we have a lot of really intelligent people in government who are now have who have gone into full red alert mm-hmm. mode you know a uh, uh, defense mode they're in right now and they are there to prevent anything horrible from happening and uh, you just have to trust that the president doesn't have so much power that he's able to just go in there and push the button and blow up the world. He has to get through about 20 generals before he's able to do that. You know, he's, there's, there's too many intelligent people in government to let Trump kill us all in, a, in the blink of an eye. So, so it's like chill. And let's <laughs> just like see what the next couple months brings. You know what I mean? I think the rioting in the streets will dissipate, dissipate after a little bit. And pretty soon everybody's going to come to terms that, hey, we've got a new president who's not very popular. Neither was George Bush. Yeah. You know, he wasn't popular at all. And we got through eight years of his dumb fucking ass. <laughs> so I think we can de- deal with this. I mean, I think we're going to deal with it. And it's going to be okay. Bruce, you wanted to interject. I stand by my original answer. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. was to Which get- was shove your head up your ass. And jump till you disappear. Well, and here's another here's, a, here's another suggestion. Here's another suggestion. If what's been going on bothers you so deeply, turn off the fucking TV and turn off Facebook and just live your life. And do you really think that in your daily life you're going to notice anything changing in your daily life because of what just happened in Washington D.C.? No, you're yeah. not. You're going to still play your guitar. You're still going to go to work and. You may hear some some gossip here and there, but just try to tune it out and do your thing, yeah. just the same as you always do, and see how does this really affect you. Give me one album they should listen to to, to take their mind off it. Uh, Led Zeppelin two. Bruce. Charles Lloyd, Forest Flower. What? Boy, I hate that song, Forest Flower. I'm sorry, I hate that fucking dude. I love the record. <laughs> I stand by it. Isn't that the one that goes da 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 da? Oh, oh boy, do I hate that fucking song. How does how does Forest Flower go? You'd like it. Oh, oh yeah. I don't. I don't hate that tune. That's a nice tune. Yeah. But meanwhile, the whole record's great. It's the live performance of the Monterey Jazz Festival in the mid '60s. Keith Jarrett was 17 years old. Wow. Was in his late teens. It's, it was a great band. They really played very uniquely and with lots of life and love and brilliance. It's great. God. No guitar on it, though. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Led Zeppelin II is such you a... You asked me for a record, I gave you one. Yeah. yeah. No, Led that's Zeppelin great. Led Zeppelin II is such a wanted. classic because it's sort of when Jimmy Page came into his own as a producer. Mm. You yeah. know, 
But before, I'm not saying Led Zeppelin One wasn't a good album because it was, but he really came into his own as a producer on Led Zeppelin Two because he really started experimenting with all these different sounds and just to listen to the sound effects and whole lot of love that whole middle section and whole lot of love with all those sound effects yeah. with all the modern synthesizers we have today how did they do that i mean you know without any synthesizers without any of that digital bullshit they pulled that off i don't know how the hell they made half of those sounds but they're amazing you know just those those textures that they made is sort of like you go to hell for a while <laughs> you and know, you come back. You're on American Horror Story for a while, <laughs> and then you come back into this burning guitar solo, solo. with the wah wah all the way on. Yeah, you know, just fucking ripped my head off. And that's one of the things I remember. Uh, the reasons I wanted to play guitar as a kid when I first. And can you believe that they played that whole song with the middle section and everything on AM radio? That's what they were playing on AM radio back when I was a kid. Wow, amazing. Isn't that crazy? I mean, yeah, that's crazy because that wouldn't even get on FM radio today. <laughs> we, we, I want to get Plant on the couch. That cool. Oh that my be? God! Yeah, that'd be amazing. That would be yeah, cool. that's a great record. There's so many. It's a really good guitar record because there's a lot of really soulful solos and beautiful tones, and and it's sort of like the Bible of Les Paul sounds. That is, you know, if you yeah. if you love Les Pauls, Jimmy Page really got some gorgeous tones out of, out of his Les Paul on that record. Just Les amazing. Paul's Supros? Well, I'm pretty sure he had humbuckings, and I'm pretty sure he had the covers taken off. He was one of the first no, guys to take the covers off the humbucking oh, yeah. pickups. Super oh, that I don't know. No, but, I think that's what Albert Lee said, is Supro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have, really I know, have no idea what he was playing. Led Zeppelin too. I have a feeling from the sounds that he was playing quite a few different amps. Yeah. And one thing that, as an engineer and I'm sure many engineers have learned from what he did on Led Zeppelin II, was how amazing the mic placements are. Because on some of those songs, you've got these really weird, roomy sounds that sound like the, the mic must be at least 20 feet from the amp, and you're hearing the whole room, and it's just such a gorgeous kind of ambient tone and then all of a sudden here comes a guitar where you the mic stuck right up in the speaker and it's right in your face and just the differences in tonalities between all those different sounds he got just just gorgeous you know it's just a really brilliant record so you just did you you guys just did what that guy was asking yeah yeah, yeah and i'm that happy to, that's one of the ones i could i don't need to hear it before i come in because i've heard it a jillion it times <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. Yeah. Thank you, Scott. Okay. Goodbye, listeners. Until next week. Stay away from politics. Stay away from politics. <laughs> it's only going to make you mad. Or it's going to make you laugh. <laughs> Either one. We had both. Ah, uh, we got all of that. Hasta la vista, Well, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't go anywhere just yet, mate. No, hang on. Don't get your knickers in a knot. We haven't finished yet with you guys. That was um, that was from last week with the guys or the week before. I don't know. But anyway, we're, we're doing a bunch of new shows this coming week. But uh, I thought because, uh, I don't know, I've been kind of stretching out the podcast a little bit further than we normally do. I thought I'd add the uh, the rest of John Pisano when uh, John come and visited us a little while back. I don't even know when it was now, but uh, such a cool cat, an amazing guitar legend, jazz legend. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I thought we'd finish off with John telling some stories. And the music that's playing, which I'm really digging, this is just like, it's it's actually really cool music to have in the background for holidays. And just, it's yeah, it's cool. It's a nice change if you're listening to fusion or blues and rock all the time. These guys are just tearing it up. I love the recording of this. High Plains Rifters. This is Bruce Foreman, Rich O'Brien and Whit Smith. Guitars only. It's a tribute to uh, tribute album to Gary Brown. And Bruce talks about it in the last uh, episode. So anyway, that's what's playing. I thought I'd showcase that a little bit. Uh, I uh, Yeah, that's, that's it. So now we're going to jump over to John when John was here and uh, finish up with that. And then we will end then. And I'm not going to come back and annoy you guys. So uh, until next week, here's John Pisano. And then uh, we'll catch you next week for a brand new show. And, uh, yeah, be safe. Look after yourselves. Be good to one another. And please keep spreading the word of Guitar Wank and uh, building this community. And, um, yeah. Ah, yeah. All right. I'm going to go back to bed. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Later. John, when you were young, yeah, I mean, what was on the charts are the standards of today, right? Oh yeah, Four seasons, yeah, right. I they were like that, right? But those things were on the charts. But like, no, you know, people that. would before the Four Seasons. He was, yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess so, right? He right. was the forties. Wow, geez, that's so. We're talking. What talking was Hoagie Carmichael? And, oh yeah, you yeah. Know, and, but in those days, there there were popular songs. You know, everybody. You know, somebody, a lady would go down the street whistling Stardust and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Uh, so wow, that was right. that was the standard where the kids yeah. today, what they get to listen to, what their standards are. Uh. You see, most of those <laughs> at that time, those songs came from shows. Yeah, and right. movies. Well, John, and, I, well I, I, which were shows. Yeah, you know, I mean, shows. The movie, the songs were attached yeah. to the story. And inside, a, you know, either a Broadway show or a movie or both. Right, yeah. And, and then as the music industry sort of transitioned out of that into where the music was separate from, you know, there still was shows, but, you know what I mean, music just got so much more proliferated and it was yeah. all these other genres popped out and they were breakouts. Right. Whereas for him, that you know, that music was kind of much more of a, holistic package at the time you know i mean that's why they all know those songs and yeah you, you know all of the standards uh, that i remember were it were was around and you know the lucky strike hit parade you know yeah we uh, it'd be interesting i wonder if you could find go back in the years and find the 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 top 10 hits well you could on the internet you just oh, sure you, you just go on the internet and say t- popular bands of the 40s yeah or you, you can go, say top 10 hits of 1930 yeah. top 10 yeah. if you like if you like rhythms i've got this band mashuga that i'd like you to listen to oh. <laughs> they got, um, got some serious rhythms going on. oh yeah oh yeah it's this metal band and the rhythms are just fucking insane oh man. really and, and I enjoy it just because it's so just, it sounds like if Satan was playing music. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
I just love it. You know, I can't listen to her for big lengths of time, but every once in a while, a little bit of sugar in the car is awesome. Oh, yeah. God. It really helps your driving. Where, yeah. Now, where can I hear that? Is that they're, they're, they're a Swedish band, right? Aren't they sugar? a Swedish I band? Think, yeah. Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. And, um, Boy. Yeah. Play them a a piece of a sugar. How do you spell with sugar? M E S H U G G A. S H U. Yeah. sugar. And they have they just insane with the rhythms. Wow. And everything is in four. Yeah. They came to our school, so yeah. I asked one of the guys. I said, "I'm just curious. Is, are you, is your music in different time signatures?" He said, "No. Everything is four. It's just the accents are in nutty place, crazy places. Uh. But everything is four four. Yeah. You never know it by listening to it, but it's just some wacky shit. Wow. Man. It's just fun for a. You got it going? I'm getting it. <laughs> I just want to be the, say, the guy that say, I turned John Pisano onto the sugar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of two five ones in it, right? Right. Two five ones. Right. Two five ones. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's it's like, like it's, it sounds. I hear a lot like a Brazilian shit in there. Sing, ding, 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 And the vocals, you know, are very very Sarah Vaughan. It's very Sarah Vaughanish. Yeah, Sarah Vaughanish. No, no. I did. I did pull up what the top ten hits in nineteen forty were. Okay. We got Tommy Dawson. I'll never smile again. Yeah. Oh, Big Crosby. Crosby. Glenn yeah. Miller, Artie Shaw, Jimmy But what do we name the songs? Oh, um, uh, we got Only Forever, Song of the Vulgar Boatman. Oh, that's yeah. one of yeah. my favorites. Yeah. I like to play that next oh, week. Yeah. <laughs> my sister and I, Maria Elena. Maria Elena? So you guys had songs with a lot of, a lot of chords going on. Well, oh yeah! Nowadays, harmony, melody, rhythm. Yeah, right. What a concept! What a concept! Yeah. You go to the charts now. Yeah. There's a one out of three. Yeah, I mean, you know, later in the Beatles, they started writing these beautiful harmonic tunes. You know, and and you know, then guys like Stevie Wonder come along and 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 Steely Dan. Oh yeah. You know, all the guys that wrote. Almost jazz. Well, that, that was one of the groups I remember. Like Steely Dan was sure, that that really writing, outstanding. You know, yeah. There were there. Yeah. I mean, good the arrangements. Music, and yeah. Stuff and good, Who, good no, uh, Jay Gray. It was Jay Gray. Jay Graydon played with. Yeah. Played on Peg. Yeah. 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 Peg, yeah. He played on Peg. I talked yeah. to. He called me about a couple yeah. of couple of weeks ago. Oh really? Oh. Is he busy back in town or is he still? No, up in he just, I, I don't know where he was, but he he was he was uh, getting together with that. Crazy guitar player from uh, Phil Degree. Phil Degree, yeah. Phil Degree, and, and or, yeah. Degree, I mean, yeah. I talk about him a lot because oh, he's, he's one of my favorite guys. He's crazy. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. And a friend, a good friend of his. And and um, oh, he, the last time I saw Jay's when we went and saw Phil play. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know who turned. Huh? And he spelled his last name. I, I still don't know whether to pronounce it degree or degree. I think it's degree. Degree, yeah. Yeah. Well, Ted Ted Green was the one that turned me on to him. And you know what? Ted had this. Uh, uh, it was a tape of 
some shit that he put together of, of, of actually commercials or, or some, it was, it was a video thing where he would dub in other voices. Have you ever seen? I have seen that. Yeah. God, I, you know what? I don't know where they are. I have them someplace. But, but he would dub in and he, he would have like, just like some funny shit happened and changed. And I don't know how he did this stuff. One it was, of the most creative people oh, I've God. ever met in my life. Now, somebody That's told me a story. Sure. Ted might have told me he had some, he had a, a mannequin in his car that, yeah. that would, that would do some movements and he, and he you know would like now I don't know with a he'd have sitting next to him <laughs> does that fill the carpool lane Phil is a serious atheist and Phil would go to these <laughs> Catholic uh, you know during the Mardi Gras when the Christians would all get together and have a big rally and Phil would go to those things and holding a big sign up that says Jesus watches me masturbate <laughs> 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 and he'd be wearing a devil mask. This is this is Yeah, he's like he's a guy I've been really trying. He was just here, and I really wanted Bruce to come. Yeah, and see I him really wanted to make that. it. Yeah, but he's one of those guys that's just a freak of nature, like in in a way like Ted Green. Yeah, but. More out and uh, and and I would have to say not more creative, in a in a musical sense, but more creative in a in a sound textural sense. Right. He's got a lot of sounds and he's got a lot of things that you would never expect that a guitar would be able to sound. Well, he's like. got e extra yeah. strings on the guitar. Lots of extra yeah, strings. A lot of, of a harp thing on the guitar. You just go, Whoa. and then do all the harmonics that Ted so, Green yeah, did, you know, and, and Lenny Bro. Yeah, Lenny, big, yeah, big yeah. Lenny Bro fan. And, yeah, yeah, and and uh, it's sort of like if you took Chet Atkins and Lenny Bro and Ted Green and rolled them all up to one guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. And and a lot of acid. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and there you got it. You know? Yeah. And he's just one of those guys that when you watch him play, you just go, no, he didn't just oh. do that, <laughs> but he did. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I wonder if I have any if I have any tapes of the. the I can send you whatever you want. I mean, I'll, I mean, I mean from the from the, from, the, from from Spazio's when he. Oh when yeah, yeah. He, oh, he played at Spazio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. From Ted, yeah. Ted or Phil? Ted, no, both of them. They uh, came in. I think they worked together or something like yeah. that. Yeah, he he's one of those just great, you know, solo guitarists. That that's yeah what he does is yeah. solo guitar. And yeah, it's beautiful man. It's just outrageous and stuff. Like all of a sudden he's playing, and all of a sudden, all kinds of shit happens, and you know, and you say, "Wow, where is he going to go with this?" I know, pretty Stravinsky like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 you know, you're, you remind me so much of Joe Zolinol in so many ways because you didn't really ever grow up. You've still got all the 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 wow factor of music in your soul. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah. Like you well. just you appreciate so many things that mm. a lot of the jazz snobs yeah. never appreciate. Yeah, because it's you, you it's just, not you know you know like with your sound and man, that's a yeah. weird sound. He gets. I don't know if I like that. Well, you know, you're just, <laughs> you're just a very open-minded guy, and and there, well. there are, I have to say, you know, and so is Bruce and and. Not Troy, but, but 
<laughs> I'm not. I'm tradi- very traditional. Yeah. He's very traditional. He doesn't like if it's got distortion. He doesn't like it. Hey, no. yeah. but <laughs> Don't give me those fandangle pedal stuff you guys yeah. use. But, but there are a lot of jazz snobs that just don't want to listen to anything that's modern in any way. They oh, I know. Yeah, that that yeah. I don't. I I don't. And, and, and I know too many guys like that. I you know, and they're just stuck in that, in that, in that. Well, I don't care what you play because the thing is, is like Bruce's music is definitely traditional jazz. Yeah. He doesn't want to play rock and roll. He doesn't want to play fusion. He wants to play traditional jazz. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he doesn't appreciate all this other music that's yeah. out there. Yeah. Where there's some guys that play traditional jazz and that's all they want to hear. Yeah. They don't want to hear anything else yeah. but what they do. You know, they're stuck in that world and they're just like they got blinders on. And I know just as many heavy metal guys that are the exact same way, you know, there's no ch- I just remember this one fucking time, man, when all these heavy metal dudes at our school, and they're just, all they listen to is metal. And I remember this one time Tower Power came in, uh, and they just kicked ass. Yeah, and yeah. And there was a bunch of metal guys with their mouths on the floor going, uh-huh. holy fuck. Like, <laughs> so there is something else. <laughs> 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 I mean, they learned a big lesson that day. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, just that close-mindedness in music—I just can't deal with it. Man. No, I—I I, I get, yeah, yeah that <clears throat> kind of pisses me off too. I can't. Uh, it's I've I've I I had friends and that I that I can't really because they they're still in that world and and I not they're long they're old friends and I. But I don't know what to talk about anymore because they're still living in that, you know. I'm always looking for something out there. I think that's just amazing, man. I, I, you're, I, I want to be like you when I grow up. But <laughs> well, he didn't grow up. I yeah, didn't. Yeah, yeah, you know, okay. yeah. Okay, here's a John Pisano story. So I call him up one day and say, hey, John, you know, I'm, uh, what's up? He start talking. He says, man, I got these new picks. He says, come over now. <laughs> I mean, the guy's 83 years old, you know what I mean? He's playing every pick in the world. A pick is going to make a difference. No, get here now. I got to check this <laughs> Hey, I got one. You want to see that? <laughs> I, I mean, that's like, I'm like, oh, you mean I'm going to be like this forever? <laughs> that's, awesome. that's so awesome, man. <laughs> that is really awesome. <laughs> Well, those new picks, those Dava picks, have you seen them? Mm-mm. Well, they. Are you still using those? I use it. I'll tell you why. Because I notice playing with them, I, I, you don't have to. They do more work than your. You yeah, you don't have to play. They play for you. Yeah, because if I over. <laughs> they got if batteries I, in them? If I, yeah, if I over. Yeah, batteries and there's a little light so you can see the strings. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because you, you I, I have to be. And they play a tune for you. I have to be careful with with this, and I, I wear this if I, because uh, the arthritis is. Uh, for the folks of you at home, he's wearing a brace on his hand, on oh. his right hand. Yeah. And what is that? Is that arthritis? I get more applause. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the sympathy vote. You know, he used to show up to all the gigs yeah. he did with crutches. After, after I finish a chorus, the applause, and I say, "Thank you." Yeah, yeah check out that. Yeah. He pulls out the walker. You know. No, but anyway, it's going to work out. I had my first uh, therapy today, <laughs> and I'm getting another one in a different color, which. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> I never it, considered maybe Sparkle. <laughs> you know what? I didn't know they. Do you do you have one? Do you have a Sparkle one? <laughs> that would be good with Go the ahead. the, the no, whammy bar ahead. and a Sparkle. You, you, you can't Go tell ahead, that Bruce. joke. No, you gotta, I can't tell the joke. joke. I might be sexist. Why? <laughs> might be sexist. By the way, if the readers want to know, we got a letter from a guy who who seemed like a nice guy, you know, and he just he praised us in the first paragraph and said that he really likes our podcast and then he said that we're all sexist pigs and well he didn't uh, say sexist pigs Bruce. but he did say me, sexist which I'm the one who likes the women the most of the three of us and treats oh. them the most equal for sure and well. visits the most prostitutes <laughs> well you know I always leave a big tip <laughs> well that, that I feel that joke that you did say the joke was how do you what is it how do you tell no women are Clairvoyance. Women are psychic. Oh, okay. Because All women are psychic because they know when they're going to get laid. And that, as good a joke as that is, it's true. And that just shows that women is. It's not sexist. That no, just shows how powerful lots of women are. Jokes though, but I mean, I know, but I'm not sexist. If I, you tell me, okay, I'm sorry. I've, this offends anybody. I'm not a sexist guy, but that, but the fact that I've said it five times makes me sound like Donald Trump. <laughs> so I must be sexist. And and whoever this guy is, if you'll. If he'll do an intervention with me, <laughs> I would appreciate it. Now his Please wife save walked, me from myself. His wife walked in on him when he was listening to the show, and she was kind of like, "What the hell are you listening to?" <laughs> because Saran Rap introduced well, the show. That had nothing last to do with me. He probably thinks that's my fault too. What <laughs> Saran Rap about? What was that? About? That was the. He did listen to last week's he never intro. To him. Oh, you don't <laughs> listen to the show. What was the? What was there the was Saran an intro rap? that was put on. I did. I got. I got Sarah to do an intro. His wife, Saran Rap, a, a stripper. She it's did an stripper. intro for the show. How awesome! <laughs> yeah. People liked it, but this one guy did. This didn't. guy didn't. A couple of women okay. didn't like it. Okay, but, but then, so what surprises me is that any woman would listen to this podcast in the first place. <laughs> that's the real. I well, mean, that's probably sexist too. That's. But I figure women are so much smarter and have much better things to do with their time <laughs> than to listen to this podcast. Yeah, that's I, not sexist. Dude. I can't imagine women sitting around listening to us wankers. <laughs> right, you know. I mean, first of all, first of all. The name of this is Guitar Wank. Yeah. <laughs> Just like follow that a little bit. And, and, and I think maybe all this will follow become that stream a of logic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you just follow it. Not, and I'm not talking like way down the road. I'm talking like the first step after that. And you probably get an idea that this might not be the right thing for your old lady. You know what I mean? Oh, which is another sexist term. Yeah, <laughs> there I go again. Totally old school sexist remark right yeah. there. But we, in the advertisement for the show, I did say, tell, you know, share it with your moms, share it with your sisters and all that. So he was like, how can I share it if you guys are so sexist? Oh, you're right. Okay, well, we're sorry. My mom listens to it and we she loves it. stand corrected. I didn't realize I was this bad off. I'm going to go see a shrink. I you know, I did go, to, actually, I went to see a shrink, and he told me I had to get in touch with my feminine side. Well. And $3,000 later, I found out I was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a shrink, and I said, he said, what can I do for you? And, and I said, well, Doc, I'm having a hard time making friends, you fucking cocksucker. <laughs> 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 see, see that was another thing there that someone complained about the swearing oh, on the, the swearing, show you know, uh, yeah, see? there you go there you go you can't please everyone but it is a bunch of guys sitting around and yeah. you know that's what it is it's, it's, you're sitting on the couch with us we're having a beer and we're having a good laugh and 
you know, the pe- people were saying that, oh, I want to show my students the show, but, you know, but what but, are you going to do? But FYI, well, yeah, as musicians talk like this. This yeah. is how yeah. it is. Yeah. All yeah. musicians talk like this. Okay. And most of the girl musicians talk way worse than we do. That's oh. true. I know lots of girl musicians that, are, that mouth like sailors. Yeah. And, and, and they would have no problem with what we're saying. Of course not. No, I'm just saying, you know, I guess you, you, if you're in the secular, secular music scene, you're probably going to c- come across language like this. Yeah, if you're out playing in the pubs, it's probably, you're probably hearing it. Right. So, you know. and, well, and I surely don't intend to offend anybody because if, if I really intended to offend somebody, you'd know. <laughs> or you could you could solve the whole thing by having two different versions. Have one with a beep, a bleep in it. You know, and well, take, that, that, yeah. take John. That take too way, way too long to edit, mate. I've, I've, I've told this before, but I'm going to tell John. So John, there's a guy, and he goes to his urologist, and she's a girl, and she's really hot. Yeah. And the first thing she tells him is, "Sir, you're going to have to stop masturbating." And he goes, why? And she goes, because I'm trying to examine you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm done. I like that. I like that. John, John, do you have a joke? Oh, no, no. (laughs) Not that. That was a good one. No, I don't have. uh... (laughs) We got a million of them, so don't worry. Except, except, no, there's, there's one that for some reason it's a real stupid joke, but I remember it because... And and it's funny that you should, that you should mention this because Chuck Wayne told me this joke at the, at that 1958 at the Newport yeah Festival. and for some reason stuck with the, he's the the the, the guy uh, the the woman goes to the doctor and said doctor he said I I I, I feel my husband is uh, I, I I don't know how to say this but he is uh, he's a hobosexual, and the doctor said, "No, you mean homosexual." And 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 she said, "No, I'm." I said, "Hobosexual. He's a fucking bum." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Chuck Wayne told me that. It's, it's his fault. Yeah, God. Wow, that's a, the first joke I've ever heard from 1958. <laughs> yeah. I swear to God. Now, why did that no, stick with me? I can't remember jokes I know like it. A joke, and I think Chuck Wayne told me this. <laughs> I think Chuck Wayne told me this joke. Uh oh. It's coming to me now, back when I first moved to New York, like late 70s, and I was hanging out with him. He says, Yeah, he said, um, I think my wife's dead. <laughs> he says, why, why do you think that? He says, well, he says, the sex is the same, but the dishes are stacking up. <laughs> that should have got that guy off. Oh, my God. You Talk. really pissed him off. That was a Chuck Wayne joke. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. I really I think Chuck no told kidding. me that. Yeah. I don't. I didn't. Don't. I don't remember him as a guy that was telling a lot of jokes. But maybe that was a, a side of him I never paid much attention to. The homosexual. That was pretty much the same. Hobo. Thing. Hobosexual. Yeah. yeah. Did I ever tell this one? The guy gets a ticket to a. a <laughs> the guy buys a ticket to the Super Bowl, and he's way up in the nosebleed section. But he sees an empty chair way down in the fifty-yard line, third row, and he says, 
it's empty, I'm gonna just go check it out. So he goes and sits down there, and the guy next to him kind of looks at him funny, and he says, oh, were you saving the seat? And he says, well, it was for my wife, but she passed away. And, oh, I'm sorry, didn't, I mean, can I sit here? And he says, yeah, don't worry about it, you can, you can sit there. And he says, you don't wanna save the seat for your, any of your relatives or anything? And he goes, no, they're all at the funeral. <laughs> See, I wish I could remember some of those, but I <laughs> that's a good one. I only hear a guitar wank, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I've probably told that one before. Now you actually have it. No, some guy actually called me out because I apparently <coughs> have said like three times that I've had got tapes of Eddie Van Halen. Before he did the two tan hap tan happening, right, right. So, so you know, I'm saying how good he was before he even knew how to do that, and apparently I've said that like three times. Man, I saw him on, on TV just the other day, mm -hmm. really, on some weird little infomercial kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It, man, he looks so different now. Yeah. If I walked down the street, I would not know. It was but he, he looks play? good. He looks That's okay. He, he looks good because. And he pulled out and he played kind of, and then I did this and he even mentioned like, you know, mm -hmm. all of a sudden I just did this tapping thing and it like got over and people were digging and then I kind of thought, wow, I could do more of this, you know. It's like, mm -hmm. Eddie looks good. A few years back he did something like the Fender thing at Nam where he got up and he was, mm -hmm. I think he was drunk and he didn't look good. But the, the, on that no, show he looked, he looked fine, really he looked good. Fine. He looks healthy he, he, and I'd really love to butt. talk to him someday. I'd, we'd love to have him on the show. It'd be great to get him on the show. Yeah. Throwing down. Eddie, Eddie, come on the show, mate. John found us. You can too. Yeah, John just <laughs> turned up and just walked in. I love that. John, if you had to give any advice to all the listeners out or there. No, young no, no. If you have to give advice to me and Scott, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give us some advice. And give Troy too. But <laughs> Troy, the first thing, of course, is to speak so everybody can understand. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> no, no, I had a... I, I, uh, Advice? If, no, I had I had an answer for you, but I don't know about you guys. Uh, <laughs> what can I? What can I? What uh, advice would you give me and Scott? Quit. Just stay as sweet as you are. Oh. <laughs> both of you guys. Oh, and man. for the record, ladies and gentlemen, they just both handed him a twenty dollar boner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what well, What would you give advice to all the young listeners out there that are like maybe? Don't not listen to this. <laughs> 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 find another podcast. <laughs> but if they don't listen, how are they going to hear the show? Right, how are they going to get the advice? That's right? right? Yeah, how do you, what would you give to young players that are maybe into jazz or slowly getting into jazz or just as a guitar player? What advice would you give? Well, I said, I, the thing that I tell my students today, if they want to play jazz, I say, do yourself a favor, become a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and the sad part of it is that there's really no place to, you know, these kids are like, the, you know, I have students and you have students, so I don't know, I never had any formal training, but they know all the scales and the modes and the, with the flatted six and all that shit, and, and they know all the stuff, but... But I, I, I don't know. They, 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 they still, they, they still can't. Uh, 
they have all they learn all the tech all the technical stuff and they can play all the scales but that doesn't mean it doesn't mean shit what they have to do is listen and 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 follow whatever they they want if they want to play outside stuff listen to pick out the things that you you in, that you think are great and 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 develop the you know straight ahead wherever they're going to go with it you know because there's you, you just got to do it that way we talk a lot about students that maybe you know i don't want to like me and bruce have talked a lot about is it the school's fault because a lot of kids are coming out of schools and sometimes we feel like they're getting a lot of technical stuff from the yeah. school, but they're not getting the experience of really playing. And it won't be until several years, years down the line after they've gone to yeah. school that when they have all that stage experience, that they'll actually become the players that they want to be. Exactly. And now they, they, don't, they won't be while they're students in school. And well, but they, and then there's, there's that, that's the point I was going to get to. I kind of slipped by it. But the point I was trying to make is they don't, they don't, there are no clubs that you can go like when I remember in, in the, 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 the 60s, 70s, where you'd, you know, yeah. Paige Kavanaugh, you, you'd get a gig and you'd work there for two years, five nights a week, you know. Right. And, and you have a chance to use this stuff and play it all and play it over and over until like by the second night you get tired of all the shit you're playing. So you learn something more yeah. and you add to it and keep, sure. but, they, but they, have the, it's, they have the tools, but they don't, they don't have a chance to use them. Which feeds into my pet rant, which happens all the time, which is community. If we don't all hang together and support each other and get out of this TV world of watching shit on screens or paying 150 for every concert we go to and start making scenes happen and playing and going to hear people play and being part of a community so that we can create a world where people are playing a lot and really developing their music and developing a whole culture around the music, it's just going to be... I mean, if you think you're going to play good because you could play two gigs a month, it's just like, it's a drag. And then you're not out ha listening to anybody else, so you're not getting influenced, and you're not supporting the scene, so clubs aren't wanting to have music because no one comes. And it's just, it's just come on, everybody's just got to dig in. But the other thing for me, on top of what you guys said, I'll get off that rant now, is melody. <laughs> melody. So much of the way our music is approached now is from a harmony, theory-based approach, not melody and not rhythm. And so it's, it's, it's foundationless. No one's saying anything because it's just a bunch of knowledge being splattered against the wall. Boy, I hear that, man. And, you know, I mean, it's like I've, one, of our, one of our listeners, a guy who took a lesson with me just recently, you know, he was, you know, because I'm always harping, man, you got to know the song. You want to you be able to play good on a song? You got to know it. Yeah. You know, and not just kind of know what the chords are. Mm -hmm. No, you got to know the melody and you got to really have played it. So it's got to be part of you. And like, and he says, man, I finally got that. You know, I was playing with this really good guy and I guess we were playing Bye Bye Blackbird and I was lost. And I just said to him, where were we? And he just started singing the melody to me. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, oh, we're in the second A. Over at the G minor, mm -hmm. he knew the song. He says, dee -dee 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 "You know, okay, we know exactly where that is." Yeah. You know, and if you don't have 
the desire to get inside the music from a melodic place. Because this is melodic music. Yeah. I mean, if you don't embrace that, you're just playing a bunch of shit over stuff, and every one of your solos is going to sound the same. It's going to sound like you're just splattering paint against the wall. You're not painting a picture. And so for me, you know, who would want to play this music and not learn the songs? It's like playing in a Beatles cover band. Oh, I'll just take solos. I don't really need to learn the songs. Just, you know, show me the chords. You know, it's like, it would be horrible. No one would even think of doing that. Yet in jazz, people actually have their little trick licks over the chords. And whatever the song is and whatever the chords happen to be, they're just going to play that shit. And they think that's perfectly acceptable in the jazz idiom. Well, it's not for me. Mm. But everybody needs to hang out and play together. And that's what's wrong with the world. I mean, guitar night should be every freaking night of the week somewhere. You know what I mean? And, mm. like, there should be bands playing and people should be going out and hanging out and sitting in. I mean, and the gigs should not be three hours. They should be five hours. So, like, cats are sitting in on the last hour or two. Well, maybe it's like that in New York, isn't it, kind of? I mean, aren't not there anymore. a lot of bands? Not no, anymore. it's not all... Not like that anymore? No. No. That was the way it was, and that's why. Uh huh. Sure as hell that's why like we that learned to play well. I mean, all yeah. my gigs were five hours when I first started, yeah. and yeah. and we were playing five, six, seven nights a week. Oh, wow! And so, like, yeah. cats were always sitting in, and no one was like yeah. proprietor. This is my gig. I want to play yeah. all my shit. I mean, it's like by the third hour, you were like, help, help, help. You know, bring some fresh blood sure. in. You know, and you know, and we were all playing with different cats every night, so we're all learning yeah. to adjust to new things and hear new ways to play and. Well, I can remember when I started my career of just making money as a guitar player when I was 18, I was playing six nights, seven nights a week, mm -hmm. every single week of the year. And I wasn't playing jazz, and, and I was playing a lot of music that I didn't like, but yeah. I still had my guitar in my hand. And, and a lot of times, what I discovered is that you know when I got into my 20s and I started getting into jazz... I, I realized that some of these dumb gigs that I was doing, basically you're just paid to make the audience thirsty so they drink. Yeah. So we would start, we would play like an Eric Clapton tune like Cocaine, and we would just start, and people flock to the dance floor. And I would play 30-minute guitar solos. I'd play more <laughs> solos, longer solos, than I play in my own band right now. Yeah. Every night. Yeah. And 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 the nobody cared that there's people just want to dance and drink. They don't give a fuck what you play. Mm -hmm. And I always tell my students if you can get a gig like that where you can use the gig as a way to practice and as a way to as a way to, you know, be a better guitar player, <coughs> it's great to have to learn stuff off records, you know, mm -hmm. learn tunes by different artists, learn funk tunes, learn R&B tunes, learn blues tunes, learn some jazz tunes, whatever. And, 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 and you hone your skills and you make money, you know, every night. Mm -hmm. And you learn, that's how you learn how to play the guitar, I always thought. And those opportunities are still out there. There's plenty of gigs like, uh, not, not like say casuals where you're playing a, one wedding a week or something. Yeah. But there's still plenty of clubs where they hire bands by the week. Or by the two weeks, or even sometimes even by the month, you get a but house. But still, gig. there just needs to be a scene. We all need to get off our ass yeah. and go be part 
of a music scene or well, create yeah. music scenes, and particularly the younger guys, not yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, you just create a scene where people are playing and hanging out together and competing with each other and checking each other out and yeah. pushing the music forward and hanging out together and get away from the TV and get away from the computer. But how how do you do that when there's just really one or two places in town where they even have music like You just music. create a new place in town where yeah. they have music. Well, you're music. good at that because you've done the, both of you guys. Have no, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. I mean, hell, man, every place of the jazz clubs was just a bar that, that got taken over. Mm. The Village Vanguard was just a corner bar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a little teeny place, you know. I mean, it's like Dante's was just a little funky bar that they just kind of put a little bandstand yeah. in. It just got taken over by us musicians, you know, and people who like music. I mean, that's the way restaurants, you know, how many restaurants just become clubs by Yoshi's? Remember Yoshi's up there? Yeah, in, yeah. It was like a Japanese restaurant. The guy liked jazz, he let us play in the corner. It got so good that he had to, like, build a showroom downstairs. Okay. You know, I mean. Yeah. That become, that's the way they all start. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, you know, everybody's thinking, oh, no, it's all about this big Coliseum Arena experience, which is, like, positively the worst place to hear this music. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's the worst place yeah. to play it. It's the best place to play it for the money, but it's the worst place to play it in terms of new things happening, yeah. feeling loose, creating things, interacting yeah. with the audience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's like, no, people just got to start stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and have the yeah. balls. I mean, that's... You have the, you have the balls to play music that's unpopular. Well, have the balls to find a place to do it. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that's it? that should be on a T-shirt. That guy makes sense. <laughs> you know, well. I mean, I'm, I'm evangelizing here. You know? <laughs> He's saying stuff. <laughs> well, Bruce is the probably the reason for me going into Viva Cantina. You know, because remember, you're the yeah. one that. I said you should do it there, yeah. and I put you guys together. Yeah. I, you know, but you the thing money is, off of for doing oh man, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I forgot last week, by the way. I know the payment, <laughs> payment's late, man. <laughs> Did he send the boys around? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy That's with the, the guy with the nose. He's bringing me the, he's bringing me the interest payment. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Anyway. Let's well, listen. Now let's listen to that back. No way. <laughs> I'm just going to... Yeah, well, that's what we always do, John. We, we do the podcast and we listen to the whole yeah. fucking... Is it, yeah. I only keep about 20 seconds. Well, i got to go home and practice now. Uh, is it? Is that what we're doing? We're calling it... We're, 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 we're just going to take at least a break. I've got to go, John, to, the, I gotta go do the geezer thing. It was right. an incredible pleasure having you on the show. Oh, well. Thank you so much for coming, man. This yeah, man. That's Joe, this is such a treat. Hey, so John, much. I'm so honored you stayed this long. You know, oh, I... No, I didn't think we'd be stay five To be honest, I didn't think I'd have this much fun. <laughs> no one's ever been able to hang out with us this long. John, Not even except, our wives. except for Troy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put. The, I'm trying to finish the show, and they just won't leave. Uh, John, where can people go to find you? Obviously, is there a johnpisano.com or what's what's the deal? Where do we find you? Uh, just put John Pisano. They'll find out more than they want to know. Just. JohnPisano.com, yeah. Yeah, okay. They'll, you know, they're connected to Guitar Night and, and my whole history of uh, 
whatever the hell I, I this did. this bar down on Skid Row where you can find them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and I guess we tell the listeners, ignore the, ignore the photos and all that from the, that period yeah, of your that's life. Yeah, that's the best part of it. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> but you got the guitar night at Viva Cantina, and that happens when? Every Tuesday Every night? Tuesday, yeah. Every Tuesday night in Los Angeles, in Burbank, yeah. near the Equestrian Center at Viva Cantina. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and are you playing anywhere else, or is that that's pretty much the standard gig not, that you do? Not too often. Yep. Sometimes around the house. <laughs> <laughs> if, Man, the, if the dog likes it, because my, my dog is, you know, I'm in my studio and the dog is like sleeping in there, and and it, it's okay with acoustic guitar, but like if I plug the amp and as soon as it hears the click. You know, Rosie gets up and, and just walks out like, oh, well, at least oh didn't, fuck, didn't, this guy's not going to start at that. At least you didn't pee on your amp. You're lucky. You know what I mean? Everybody's a critic. John, it was an absolute pleasure, mate. It's, it's real honor to have you here, and thank you so much. And you're welcome anytime. Oh, well, you I'll, come be, in. I'll be back anytime you guys need me. I, oh, I, anytime. I, 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 I still need you every week. Need you every <laughs> 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 All right. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Okay. <laughs>